Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham, here as always with my buddy Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. How are you doing, Vic? I'm doing fine, Mary Catherine. Can we just get to the weekend already? No, no, we can't. <laughs> we have work uh, to do, Vic. This is it Friday? No, it's And as you know, yeah. If if nothing else, I am just a diligent, disciplined oh. <laughs> human being. <laughs> yes, same. We are. We decided last minute to take a little trip over this three day weekend to Annapolis. Beautiful nice. Annapolis. May I, are you an Annapolis person? Do you like Annapolis? I, I love Annapolis. It's so fun same. to go there. Yes. So looking forward. It's the first time for the kids. Kate and I have been there several times. So we're going to do a. I think we're going to do the walking tour of the Naval Academy. Very nice. Because I hear that's nice. like a 90-minute tour. That'll be exciting. And of course, I just plan to eat a lot of seafood crabs and things As like that. As you should. As I should. I would say, listeners, if you have any recommendations of really good seafood places, let me know. And I, I, there's two places. One, this is funny. A There's a favorite place for of mine and Kate's called the Galway City Pub. It's mm-hmm. just outside the walls. Yes. It is a great pub. It's great. And we, okay. we, went, we went there. We went there once when we were just friends. That's how long ago. It oh was. my goodness. Yes. You, yes. Know, you know, there was a long curve on that before Vic it was, learned. It was, it was, believe me, nothing <laughs> happened too. That's what I remember it so vividly is that nothing happened. And then there's a, there's a breakfast place that I have been dying to go to, but have never been a f- famous place called Chicken Ruthie's where Ooh, nice. every morning they still do the Pledge of Allegiance Aww. at the diner. Oh, great. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know if we get in. Do you have big plans for the weekend? So we're going to the lake. Oh, yes. Very nice. And my brother is in town with his two little girls or on Ah. the East Coast. He's on he's in California with his two little girls. and, And I think his wife also arrived today. So we will go see the cousins at the lake for a little while. And then we'll see the other side of the family's cousins. So there's like cousins everywhere. This is your this is your brother, the famous John Hamm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the dashing and famous John Hamm. So he, that'll be a, that'll be a ton of fun. And this is a thing that I didn't have when I was a kid. I didn't have cousins my age. So I'm very excited that oh, yes. my kids do. My, oh, my cousins were all 10 years older than I was. That's so. a really good point. My kids are in the same position. They have cousins. They, they have two cousins. No, they have four cousins, but also a slew of second cousins. Oh, uh, nice. And we, I didn't have that. You know, all my cousins were in the Philippines. So there were plenty, like 30. I just can't see them. Yeah, they all claim to be, but we we didn't hang out with them. So very exciting for your girls. Yes, it's fun. Other than that, I mean, well, we may have to question my ability to get us to the lake because yesterday I went out. Okay, yeah, everybody enjoy this story. Again, another story that does not reflect well upon me, Vic. Oh, no. I hope (laughs) this does not involve any flinging of duvets. No, not this time. Oh, good. <laughs> by but, the way, by the way, Kate asked me, she goes, you know, you made a joke about our duvet. Were you just joking or were you serious about like our duvet needs also washing? <laughs> and I said, what? Well, I don't remember saying that. What? That's amazing. I'm just seeding problems in other people's relationships. <laughs> she loved your story. No, I bet she did. <laughs> a lot of the women out there were like, yes, yes, she's the hero. <laughs> I'm not sure I was the hero, but it was a good time. We've healed from that. The duvet is clean. Everything's good. So good. <laughs> so I was out yesterday going to breakfast, meeting a friend for breakfast, took mm. all the kids with me. Ooh. As you know, I have three of them now. 
and it's it can be hard on your own to load up the three yes. kids make sure everybody has shoes on the whole thing my older kids are pretty dependable so i don't have to do everything for them but we're getting out the door has never been my specialty even by myself right and then you add three people to it so difficult uh. so i go out to the car get everybody in the car drive to breakfast get out of the car and realize that I have lost my keys inside the car. Wait a minute. Now, this, oh, is, a, okay, okay. this oh. is a problem because if I leave the car without having found the keys, someone can jump in the car and leave with the car. Right. As okay. So let me ask you, is this one of these electronic keys or ignition? You turn the engine over. You do not have to turn the key. I mean, okay. we're, right. yeah, we're newfangled. Press the button. We're yes. newfangled over here. But that so, is true because it's just in the proximity of the car. Yes. Then you can yes. just press the button. As long as it's nearby, someone can just take my car. Oh, so no. I'm like, okay, we got, we got to find it. So my friend who I'm meeting, she starts helping. We're looking everywhere. Can't look under all the seats in the nooks and crannies. And I'm like, I can't, I can't figure out what the heck I did. And then I had a picture in my mind briefly, which is I came out with the baby, needed to put the baby in, freed my hands of the keys by putting my keys on no, the no, windshield no. wiper. Do you know, like, like really? Where, where yeah, 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 yeah. In the little, yeah, space. At which point I unlocked the car, put the baby in, got everybody in the car, jumped in the car and drove away. So the keys were indeed in the vicinity of the car, but they were going for a ride on the hood of the car held in place by the windshield wiper. So that is remarkable. I found I them mean... though. They, they were still there. <laughs> So are you telling me they were laying on top of the wiper or in that little space between? In that little space. Oh, good. So they were, they were uh, secure. Okay. They were a, secure. In a manner of speaking. I mean, yes. as secure as one I mean, can I, be. I, I don't know, Mary Catherine. I mean, you could technically travel like that lots of places. I mean, I if it's- I, I think I could have made it a long way. You could have made it. You could have gone down the highway. You could drive 80 miles an hour. It's in the thing, you know? It's, well, uh, and they're being, <laughs> they're being the, the force of the wind is- is blowing them oh, yes. into the vehicle, yes. not exactly. away from Exactly. No, the no, no, no. Exactly. You know, <laughs> don't make any sharp turns because the last thing you need is like to fall through some crack into the. Yes. Oh, no. We don't need that. We don't no, need no, that. No. Especially because it was Steve's car, not my car. Just kidding. Uh, Steve, you're, everything's safe. It's fine. And you've only done that once. <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, I'm a diligent, disciplined, but, oh, yes, reliable person. <laughs> you'll, you'll have no trouble with me, everybody. You can count on you can count on Mary Catherine. I hope you I hope I hope breakfast itself was nice. It was. As I as I often tell friends, you really can count on me in a spiritual sense. Like I'm really gonna be there for you. Sometimes in a logistical sense, not so much. Well, I would say yes, I would say spiritual, and I'd say <laughs> in in what counts, mm -hmm. what matters most in life, you're there. Like if you need your taxes filed, I'm not your gal. But <laughs> I can do other things. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. I can do other Wonderful. things. That's good. All right. So that's what's going on with me. Enjoy. And we're excited to get to the lake and just chill out because the, the, the kids have had a very busy June. And so we're yes. going so to kick off like July that. with some chilling. They, they both, by the way, are, uh, they've both been improving their swimming quite a bit. So that's been fun to watch and we'll have a lot more practice this summer. Well, it's both fun and it puts your mind at ease. Yes. Slightly. And now I have, now I have a whole third one I have to just teach. So here we go. <laughs> just, just adding difficulty. Yeah, I'm going right. to keep losing my keys, but teaching the kids to swim. See where it counts. I'm okay. 
It's a big news week, Vic. I well, like I said, the weekend's not here yet. Yeah. It's, are you sure? Because <laughs> we're gonna do we're gonna do a little bit of January sixth. We're gonna what, do a little, a little bit. bit. Scotus oh Scotus yeah. Roundup. Are we done as of today, or do they have more? That's it. No, this has to be it, it. Right? I don't know, but I'm gonna say this has to be it because. This like is the your, last one's I like waiting. your confidence. That's my. That's how I make my decisions. You know what? They have a few. I'm just gonna as, ignore them now. As a veteran of cable news, yeah, that's what we do here. This, I'm, like, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure yeah. about this. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll make information. it. Information. So what happened? Because okay, I so thought I thought the hearings were done. No. So the the January six hearings have been sort of parceled out over time, and they've called an, an not an emergency a surprise one. Yes. This week featuring Cassidy Hutchinson, who was a, a fairly high level aide of Mark Meadows. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Pretty like, uh, yeah, principal aide. Yes. Who was in and around a lot of the main players during January 6th. She had done a deposition before, and this was in addition to that. So she appeared live at the January 6th hearings. Many, it was a very splashy testimony very yes very striking and i i would say we're going to talk about some specific parts of it but i would say in general gave the sense that she was around a lot of people pretty much losing their minds on january 6th in some yes. very very bad That's situations right. and right. ways now we've heard about various lawmakers asking for pardons for what they were doing on january 6th which really strongly suggests that they knew this was bad yeah and they shouldn't be doing it right i have not been terribly surprised by anything i hear about trump's behavior on this no, day no, it's bad when you're able to visualize easily yeah. well i pretty much so, decided i pretty much decided on the day well on the day i already had decided oh this is terrible what's happening right but i had pretty much decided what i thought of his conduct well i thought of what i decided what i thought of him like pre-2016 sure <laughs> i decided yeah. what i thought of his conduct you knew what you were gonna get yeah. Around about, I think it was maybe 2 p.m. when he was tweeting and not saying yeah. anything about like, hey, let's chill out. And I was like, okay, we've we've crossed a Rubicon here. Yeah, yeah, this is what's going on. Okay. At any rate, so now we have January 6th hearings. They are populated entirely by Democratic lawmakers plus Adam Kensinger and Liz Cheney. That's right. This is not exactly the most Im Im impartial jury, yes. as it were. As and I'm also, using my quote hands, right. my quote fingers. And also that is a problem made by Republicans who decided they would not be a party to this. Well, I think they wanted, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they wanted Jim Jordan on the committee. Yes. I get them confused. I believe it's Jim Jordan, but Pelosi said no. And so they said, fine, then no. Right, right. Well, now, I think a little more involvement would have gotten you the ability to do some cross-examination. Cross-examination. So it's hard to... It's hard to complain about that after the fact, although you can point out the um, the the impartiality of the whole or the lack of impartiality of the whole situation, because I do think that even though you're ha you're having these people testify mm -hmm. and much of the testimony is shocking and and crazy and scary. However, and this is what we're going to get to. It is the job of fact finders, even in Congress and media, more importantly, mm -hmm to weigh the value of various pieces of evidence. Right. And that is a thing that when it comes to Trump, we are not great at doing. No. It doesn't, weighing the value of various pieces of evidence does not discredit or, or deny the fact that the behavior was bad and that these bad things happen. But it is important 
And sometimes we just don't do it. Yeah. They get ahead of their skis. They want to believe whatever they hear because it fits their narrative. And then sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not. And more often than not things that, you know, you hear, you know, at the moment, oh my gosh, did you hear what Trump said about the military? And then nothing actually materializes. Right. And by the way, this is what got us steel dossier and two or three, what, three years of Russia stories. So I want to be careful about Mm -hmm. that. Now, I don't know where this heads. When they're done with this, is there an indictment? Is there something criminal? At this point, and I apologize for it because I know it's part of my job to do this with an open mind. I have trouble processing these things because we are doing Coyote and Roadrunner so many times with Trump. Yes. Like, oh, we're going to get him this time. Oh, they're absolutely convinced. And everybody is to be believed. So I'm not sure. When you're talking to, wait, I, by the way, would love a situation in which there's a field of Republican candidates that does not include Donald Trump in 2024. So we could elect somebody who's more electable. Well, I mean, this got me to thinking that, you know, there's, I don't, I, I do wonder in a very sort of politically tactical way, if there's no one more happy about these developments than a certain governor from Florida. Yeah. He's, he's the winner. <laughs> yes. Now it, I, I, I imagine it might be worth mentioning some, uh, maybe some of the highlights of Cassidy Hutchison. Yes. And testimony. I, and I also just briefly want to point out, yeah. The New York Times. There's a New York Times piece. Now it's Critics Notebook. So I think this is like a new this is like a TV related uh, okay. piece. Yeah. But I think it highlights the way this is handled and kind of the problem with the way that we do these things and the way we did it with Russia stories oh. as well in the Mueller and the Mueller uh, investigation. <laughs> it's titled, and this is about Cassidy Hutchinson's appearance. The January 6th committee produces a very special episode. But he doesn't mean this mockingly. January 6th community <laughs> hearings have a lot in common with scripted TV miniseries. Narrative editing, even surprise reveals as when the committee sprang a bonus episode featuring Cassidy Hutchinson, an aide to Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff, on a day's notice. One thing the hearings do not have, however, is episode titles. But if they did, it would be hard to risk, resist calling this jaw-dropping installment The Beast. <laughs> <laughs> For the which, car, the limo. Which alludes to, of course, the, the splashiest highlight from all of this right which is the story that cassidy hutchinson told about trump wanting to go to the capitol and lead his people essentially yeah. the secret story is saying no man you can't go there <laughs> he says no no no. i'm the president you take me to the capitol and allegedly grabs his secret service agent yeah near the clavicle area and then, so, that was a very strange description the clavicle <laughs> area yes and then yes, grab above the sternum then tried to grab the wheel of the beast, which is his very armored, mm-hmm. uh, protected presidential limo. So that's that's the, and again, I think there's other more compelling stuff. This, but this is the thing that grabbed all the headlines. This is the thing that obviously the press you see, focused you see, on. This is, this is funny that you and you're mentioning the press really focused on the Diddy attempt to grab the wheel. And I do believe it, it was the SUV. It wasn't he was in the SUV. He was not in the beast, right? That's <gasps> what they're saying. It was not the so, beast. Okay, it was not the beast. So this is like, this, this throws around certain people had certain theories. They were able to initially debunk it by saying there's no way the president could reach over. It'd be very hard for him to go through that. That does make do a big difference. But if it's yeah. if it's like you know if it's if if it's the uh, the the giant Chevy Suburban F three fifty right. whatever right. then then okay maybe that 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 that's plausible. What what stood out the, the the detail that stood out for me was the um the ketchup. I found that so disturbing and upsetting. <laughs> well, that yeah, ketchup he wasted, never hurt no one. That's what just because he wasted ketchup. Yeah, don't uh, waste the ketchup. How dare he? That was <laughs> when true. he was. 
I believe, you don't throw food. I believe that was back at the White House when he yes. was throwing, allegedly yes. throwing a fit and threw his, oh, his White House. White House kitchen works very hard. At the White House wall and yeah. ketchup was dripping oh, that's, from the wall. That's Okay. It. So here's the thing about the limo slash possible yep. SUV story. And I tweeted about this and I know that people get annoyed with it. Uh-oh. It matters whether she was there or not. Ah, yes. It does not mean that I'm discounting all of her testimony. No. But the way that we treat different pieces of information can be different based on the reliability of that piece of information. So this becomes the hugest story out of this. And I realized a couple hours in, wait, she wasn't there. Yeah. Someone told her the story. Tony Ornato, who's a Secret Service agent and head of security for Trump, he was in sort of a hybrid That's role. right. That's what she testified to. My point being that, look, I know if you point out these distinctions, you're like a Trump shill or whatever, mm-hmm. but not weighing the reliability of information is what got us the Steele dossier. It's what got us all these Russia stories that we messed up on. I say we generously because I wasn't usually included, but <laughs> in, <laughs> in getting right. things wrong in, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, in sure. that particular situation. But we we treated these things too credulously. Right. And I would like to hear from somebody who was actually there. Exactly. Okay. So that's what I was going to say. I said, if I can play devil's advocate here mm-hmm. uh, as well. So the first thing is the testimony that happened. It wasn't, this wasn't like a last minute. Oh, she's finally agreed. She's going to do it. Was it because she had given prior, she, she had been interviewed, I think four different occasions. So the question was why now versus after the recess, because they were supposed to reconvene, I think, on July 11th. So that's an interesting thing. They really did, much like a a TV or a movie, play up the drama of we have to have this last minute witness before we break for 4th of July, this, you know, new secret witness giving testimony that some people jokingly compared to Frankie Pentangeli and Godfather too. You know? <laughs> I think she, she delivered on the hype, by the she way. Did, she was, did. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't, she, she did show up and was like, I, I didn't know no Godfather, you know, <laughs> he did, he, she, she did, you know, Oh, my father was in the olive oil business or whatever. So that didn't happen. She delivered. Uh, but as you were saying, she wasn't in the SUV and it's not that somebody in the SUV told her it's that somebody supposedly in the SUV told Tony Ornato, who then supposedly told Cassidy Hutchinson. And that makes it a little bit more questionable. And there is need for corroboration. I understand she gave sworn testimony, right? So that's it. That's it's, it's, it's to be believed until well, somebody she, refutes it. Right. And uh, she could, under she could be totally, tr- she could be truthfully yeah. testifying that she heard that story. Sure. I just would like to know from somebody who was there, such as a secret service agent. Now the secret service is in a weird position. Because the more they tattle on their protectees, not supposed to, right? I mean, the, the more they testify in those situations, yeah. the less trusted perhaps the Secret Service might be. Could you imagine for those yeah. protectees in the future? So you yeah. have to be careful about that. Um, Could you imagine if Secret Service were decided decided to tell all, for example, during the yes, yeah. it's not a it's not a safe situation. Yeah. They have to they have to play a different role. But now this is also secondhand, right? Sources close to the people who were actually in the vehicle say that those within the vehicle, including Secret Service agents, have testified or have been deposed on this in the past mm-hmm. under oath and would be willing to attest that they d- they did not see this. Yeah. Again, these are sources close to such and such, right? So it's sort of up in the air right now. It is. The, the first thing that came to my mind while listening to it, and it was, it was a very juicy story. Don't get me wrong. And I, by the way, I think she has a great name. 
Cassidy Hutchins. It is. That's like, like a that's like a name. novels a heroine yeah. for sure. Yes, yeah. totally. Mary uh, Catherine Ham does not fit that. <laughs> no, that's a nice name in its own <laughs> way. But the the thing that I thought is okay. Well, what I need now, I mean, because you know, you know, Adam Schiff was like, you know, there's no reason not to believe her. She has no motivation. We got to believe her. But I'm like, it would help to have a little corroboration. Yeah. Well, and and again, this is not me casting aspersions on her. No. No. The <laughs> we're gonna go on for 15 minutes no, she, first. No, but I'm saying, oh, wait, wait, no. what they what they often do and she's under oath and that's the important that's the yeah that's but what thing. what often happens is that <laughs> is that the press will examine motivations of only the people who are speaking for trump not that's those right. who are speaking against it. it's right. just important to do it for everybody feel- jake tapper asked jamie raskin who's a democrat on this on this investigative panel if he had corroboration on this story. So we'll play a little bit of that. Do you have any corroborating evidence that that story is true or do you only have it from Cassidy Hutchinson? Well, um, the story that she told is the evidence that I'm aware of. Your committee interviewed Tony Amato and, and Stephen Engel, who supposedly told her this story. Did you ask about this story? It is a shocking story. I mean, maybe you didn't know about it at the time. I don't know. I I was not involved in either of those interviews. So Raskin basically says, I know what you know. This is what I heard. Now, a couple more things about this story. That is not. Uh, Ornato is the one who supposedly told her and is telling sources, no, I didn't tell her that. He has in the past, according to Alyssa Farah, who's another former Trump comms person, said that a story she attests to did not happen. And she says, like, maybe this is a pattern where he says that these things didn't happen. So that's between the two of them. But that is another person saying he told me a story right. and then told me that didn't happen. Okay, So again, we, um, we need to be very careful with what, you know, witnesses and accusations and things of this nature. And number one, this is not a trial, you yes. know, but and, and, and number two, again, it, it hurts the committee that there's nobody to have any sort of offer, any sort of cross-examination because these witnesses seem very solid. I'm sure they would have been able to answer anybody's questions. Okay. Well, That's and I the think, the, I, yeah, I think Democrats would have done themselves some favors if they did yeah. push a little bit because it just, it just sort of lends credibility to the whole. Right. I mean, we've been endeavor. through this before. We, we went through this with Kavanaugh, you know, and, and, and Christine Blasey Ford and, 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 and that, that story had fallen apart. So I'm not saying the story is going to fall apart, but I will say this. I will say she cannot have made any errors in her testimony at all. If it turns out one thing is wrong with her testimony, I think then everything else gets cast in doubt. For example, there's this handwriting story. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You know, the, the note. She yeah. claims that there was this note written about what action was to be taken, I think, by the president or, you know, she was there with Mark Meadows and Pat Cipollone and everybody else. And then now another Trump lawyer, Eric Hirschman, right, says he wrote that. Well, there's only one way to solve this, of course, which is handwriting samples. Oh my gosh, this is going to get so good. And this, I'm telling you, this is another this, special episode. Emily, not on prime time. Trump, of course, says of Cassidy Hutchinson spouting off on Truth Social. I hardly know who this person, Cassidy Hutchinson, is, other than I heard very negative things about her—a total phony and leaker. Just speaking of patterns. Donald Trump is always saying he doesn't know people that he definitely knows. <laughs> he's like, he's like, who is this Michael Cohen? I've never heard of yeah. him. And then lastly, I think Andrew McCarthy writing for National Review had a good yes. take on this, which is yes. like, look, this is fact finding. This is a bit like a grand jury. And hearsay is something that happens in those situations. 
And yes, we want to get to the bottom of whether that's real. And in fact, this leads us to the firsthand mm -hmm. witnesses of such an event. And we can perhaps nail that down with that information. It does not mean that the rest of this is nonsense. But I think you're right, right Vic, that in a public sense, the way people oh. take in the information, you got to have it nailed down. You have to have it nailed down. The, I, I just saw that Pat Cipollone, Trump's counsel, he's been subpoenaed. We'll see about that. And again, once we after Fourth of July, if you have the Secret Service up there, and if they're refuting it, then it then we go back to a he said she said situation. Yeah. But I will say this: in her defense, the you know I don't think she can be dismissed the way Trump dislike. I don't know who she was. Oh, no. You know, dismisses no. her because, on the one hand, it is shocking that this is a twenty three year old woman at the center of this maelstrom. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, as you know. Kate reminded me of this, and, 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 and it's true. At the end of every presidential term, if you are a young and ambitious person, that is a perfect time to jump in to a White House in like October, November of the end of your right, term, right. because you have battlefield promotions. You know, by, by the time That's January true. 6th comes around, you're like under Secretary of Defense. <laughs> it's, it's totally especially, true. Especially in that administration. You could be the education secretary at that point. No, I, you know, there was a guy who he was like, was he the head of comms for Office of Personal Management? Now he works with me, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that was amazing. You know? look, at, look at that. Yeah. Oh, how so, the mighty have fallen. Uh, um, stay tuned. Now, again, all the all the bad stuff still exists. I just, yeah. This just sort of yeah. is a sticking point for me, because I do think that for the past six years during the Trump era, People have, many people in press in particular, have lost their ability, thank you, Jake Tapper, for not being one of those people, to weigh the various pieces of evidence and just oh. say, like, okay, let's get to the bottom of this particular thing. Like, did somebody pee on a hotel bed? Maybe we should find out whether that's real. No, well, of let's just start making the jokes and assume it's real. For example, Jonathan Carl of ABC, he had just tweeted out, thank you, Cassidy Hutchinson. You know, oh, man. You know, yeah. If if this if it turns out not to be like all that it is, then it's it's gonna look I mean, bad. Not that they care, they'll just move along. They just I appreciate them. a truth telling public servant yeah. as much as the next yeah. guy. All right, but let's, like let's, it's it's not your role. No, to do that. It's not, it's not your role. That that's our role, by the way. That's what we do. Yeah, if somebody's gonna kiss ass, it's gonna be us. <laughs> we may we may we 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 make these decisions. You know, what? we need show. to be thanking people more often. We need to be thanking yeah, brave. Thank Thank, thank you. Thank you, Mary Catherine, for your courage. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Vic, yeah. for your courage. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what will come, what will yeah. come of it. Like I said, I'm sort of it, I think it's important to illuminate this stuff. And also I think the unfortunately the way it's gone about is That's pretty pretty ridiculous yeah. in some cases yeah. and 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 counts cuts against its credibility. Yeah. That has been the case for six years now <laughs> so i'm like again I'm like help me help you help yeah. me help you yeah anyway so scotus what have they been up to um, again uh i can't even remember if we discussed this on air or off air where i just said no i'm pretty yeah we did discuss this on air like this, uh, like shouldn't they be done with their rulings <laughs> no no it's going on and on no, man keep no there's, there's gonna be a couple more surprises by the way no i, I think this is it but man they really went out in a blaze of glory. Okay, so yeah, briefly, we of course had Dobbs, which overturned Roe v. Wade. That was a huge story. The gun ruling, which is Bruin, B-R-U-E-N, mm -hmm. is that correct? The gun ruling wiped out sort of New York State's, you got to show us a reason to get a concealed carry. And for many people, well, 
for all Americans. A tectonic shift. It was a big right for American for American adults. The amendment says you can keep and bear bear arms, and that you like explaining yourself to the government is not part of the deal. Is what SCOTUS decided. And we have a story coming up a little bit later that will explain maybe why you shouldn't be explaining yourself (laughs) to the government in these cases. So that one is pretty huge. Then we had a school a, a prayer from a school football coach. Oh yes which was decided in favor of a football coach who went to the 50 yard line to pray after football games. Mm -hmm. And he, sometimes some of the team would join him. He was fired for doing that prayer. And the question was, should he have been fired for that? And the, and the Supreme court ruled, look, this is a freedom of religion situation. He has the right to do a prayer. Now, some people worry that those kids felt compelled to join him. Mm-hmm. on the field and i do think that's a concern there might be some peer pressure yes but and or if you have playing time that you're worrying about or something you don't want him compelling you but a school and a school's employees because it's a government facility are not prevented from pre- from practicing their faith in and around their jobs wow. that's not a thing yeah so that one pretty big deal <laughs> so if we got that and, one yes and then, and then, of course, today, oh, of course, Dobbs, we talked yeah, about we did Dobbs. Dobbs. We and did then, a whole show on that. And now we have EPA versus West Virginia. Yeah, two two rulings today, actually. EPA um, and then, of course, Remain in Mexico. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. And that was upheld. So a rare win for the Biden administration. But let's talk about EPA ruling first. Yeah, so the EPA one is going to have people in a real tizzy because it has to do with federal regulations through various federal agencies and their rulemaking yep. process. Now, for someone like me, <laughs> I was joking before we got on, like, this is like my Dobbs. This is your I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I so hate, this is what keeps you up at night. I hate the regulatory yeah, state. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, any yeah, limits yeah. we can put yeah. on them. Yeah, Mary um, Catherine has nightmares of the fourth branch of government. <laughs> that she has. Yes. But I do think what, what this boils down to, what the decision boils down to is like, hey, Congress, if you would like to remake the entire energy sector of the American economy, you should write a law that says yeah, that's what you actually you're do. Do something. So here's what happened. I'll I'll run over it quickly and see if I can make it fairly, fairly simple. The EPA had a rule or there there was something in actual legislation from 1970, I believe, mm-hmm. that in 2015, the Environmental Protection Agency reinterpreted into something called the Clean Power Plan. And this section of the law from 1970 had only been used a handful of times ever. So what it said essentially in its original form, or no, they they gave three, three building blocks for improving the environmental, what am I trying to say? Environmental performance of energy producing entities. Number one is existing coal plants or whatever could improve their technology and their existing facilities. So they put out less emissions or fewer emissions. Then there are other, there are two other building blocks that basically say, or you could just become natural gas, or you could just become solar and solar and electric or solar and wind producing wind. Yes. The actual law does not allow, particularly for those second and third building blocks, because what it does is not deal with existing facilities. It, it, requires that coal plants become something else in order to yep. adhere to the law. And the, the, the court says that's, that's not in the law guys. <laughs> What's in the law is that they can improve their facilities. So 
by the way, the government projected that this rule would impose billions in compliance costs, raise the retail electricity prices, require the retirement of dozens of coal plants, and eliminate tens of thousands of dollars, tens and tens of thousands of jobs. Their goal was to go from 38% of the country's energy being coal related in 2014 to 27% by 2030. So this was the stated goal yeah. was to change everybody over. This this the use of this rule, the clean power plan was stayed in 2016. It was then repealed by the Trump administration, then unrepealed by a DC circuit court. Yeah. And it was sort of in limbo. So the right. Supreme Court ruled on it and said, nah, y'all got to like write these laws. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bad day for the bureaucrats. Yeah. And, because, and a, a yeah. significant loss for the Biden administration that does not yeah. want to pass this law. Yeah. I, I, so far, I, they've been dealt a series of blows, obviously, through the court. This is what, put, this is what has put Joe Biden in the tizzy. And, and lots of these are all 6-3 decisions. So, I mean, it's it's the conservative block against that little liberal minority. But again, this is all about the sort of overreach of the administrative state. And much like in the Dobbs case, this is also an issue about separation of powers. In the Dobbs case, it was legislating for the bench and that, you know, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court making a decision that, in fact, Congress should make the decision or the states should make the decision regarding issues like abortion state by state. In this case, in the EPA ruling, again, this is not for the position of an agency to make these decisions, but for, as you were mentioning, Congress to make these decisions. So it's a huge setback for them, but it, it, it's good for people like you and me. Well, and by the way, by the way, responsibility it's, it's, Congress. Should good, it should be good for people in Congress who might yeah. want to do their jobs. And yet you have Schumer out here like this is now this is the asking me to do my job is the death of democracy. <laughs> well, it's the last thing you want to, that, that Congress <laughs> actually wants to do. But, and, and again, what it would, you know, we just had a piece up that, at the Free Beacon from our legal correspondent, Kevin Daly, and it's very straightforward. It's a violation of what they call the major questions doctrine. Right. And which, you know, Congress needs to, they have, Congress has to be explicitly clear in assigning an agency powers of what they call, quote, vast economic and political significance, you yep. know? And, and so if you want to change, case, if you want to change the country's production of energy from 27, from 38% coal to mm -hmm. 27, then you need to have, quote, clear congressional authorization yeah. for the authority you are claiming. That's right. There was no such thing in this section 111 of the Clean Air Act from 1970. They had always just asked coal plants to improve not to become another entity. <laughs> so that is definitely a blow to the regulatory state. I am unabashedly not sad about that. The other ruling that came back to back this morning was remain in Mexico. And so that's the one win for the Biden administration. Yeah, can you, I, I, I missed that story. Absolutely. So that? as you know, they wanted to, the Biden administration wanted to end the remain in Mexico policy, which is if you're an illegal immigrant coming into this country, you have to stay in Mexico until your papers are processed or until you are processed and then you can come over or not. Right. And, and, that, and what the justices ruled in a very interesting 5-4 decision was that the Biden administration does have that power to reverse what Trump had done. And so it's the liberal trio plus Roberts, Chief Justice John Roberts, plus Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, interesting. And I hear Amy Coney Barrett almost came over as well. 
And look at you with your Supreme Court tea. I, well, as you know, as you know, I was a former write and writer, free beacon legal correspondent. While my experience in law club in high school really pays off, by the way. Yes. Uh, but but the Supreme Court is generally uh, skittish when it comes to foreign policy, foreign entanglements, anything involving international law. They've obviously they've done stuff in the past, but certainly in the Roberts Court, they're hesitant to do so. And so this is not a surprise. A lot of legal experts are saying they knew this was coming. It's a disappointment, but it's not a surprise because the remain in Mexico policy, enforcing it, reversing it, you still need the cooperation of the government of Mexico right, right. in some capacity. And the court does not want to have to get entangled in that. So the Biden administration might be happy about this. Oh, we got this one ruling. So I guess not everything the court does is bad in their minds. On the other hand, this is going to be than an immigration border disaster. Yeah, and on top of a just a horrendous story this week. We just did. It was awful. 50 plus more than 50 having died in a tractor trailer that was smuggling people into yeah, the country. Outside and San Antonio. Outside San Antonio. And and the problem is that our situation on the border right now incentivizes that's right smuggling. We're encouraging you, this. You get more bad actors doing these things. And it is uh, and, a tragedy. And, and by the way, you hear Kamala Harris was interviewed on NPR and they asked her about the border crisis and this horrible thing that happened in, in Texas with all these people in, in the trailer who died. And she complained about Governor Abbott saying that this is on Biden. And she says that this is, you know, it's, this is no time to play politics. And also it's we're really trying to undo the damage done by the last administration. There you go. So really- the the people who died in that trail, it's Trump's fault. Well, yeah. Trump's fault, so. If you look at it one way, yeah. So we we talked briefly about the decision of Bruin versus New York on the gun case, which determined that nationwide you will not have to justify your need for a firearm to the the agents of the state in order in order in order to get one. By the way, outside. I have a a friend who's a reporter and a longtime reporter and and wrote a book about her mission to get a gun in DC, Emily, Emily Miller. Oh, sure. Emily gets her gun and just the <laughs> arduous process she had to go through. And she had to prove that there were threats to her life in order to get a gun, which is a, an explicitly stated freedom. Yeah. By the way, this is one of the reasons I know people get confused about like, well, they took away one freedom and then they give everybody this. Free. It's like, well, one is, one is very explicit. The second amendment is very explicit. And the, right to privacy sort of allegedly encompassed right. abortion and imposed that on the rest of the country, but it was not in there no. explicitly. We can at least acknowledge the difference between those two. I also, uh, get, I also get the sense that in order to prove that you need a, a gun, sometimes it has to be multiple incidents in order to say, like, it's not just one time I was mugged, but you have to be like, for example, a convenience store. Is there a owner. trend story of, yeah, of uh, mugging? I mean, yeah. I mean, do you have to be like, well, you know, this happened to me twice. I don't know. I, same thing with domestic abuse. Oh, you know, I, you know, multiple threats. Does it have to be multiple threats? This well, is and crazy. I believe so. in, in California, in some spots, it's like you have to show good moral character. And it, oh. if you if you're in debt to right. a certain degree, you might not. It's like. These are yeah. these are things that could be very easily abused. Speaking of abuse, let's go to California. Oh. <laughs> This is in, reported in the Reload, which is the newsletter of our our buddy, yes. friend of the show, Stephen Gutowski. California gun owners have 
been put at risk by the attorney general's office after a new dashboard leaked their personal information. The California Department of Justice's 2022 firearms dashboard portal went live on Monday with publicly accessible files that include identifying information for those who have concealed carry permits. The leaked information includes the person's full name, race, home address, date of birth, and date their permit was issued. The data also shows the type of permit issued, indicating if the permit holder is a member of law enforcement or a judge. This why, is bad. Why and why and how did this happen? I guess they were trying to... It says leaked, so it sounds like they inadvertently put information in here that they shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> so the Office of the Attorney General confirmed private information had been exposed and said they're examining the situation. We are investigating, quote, an exposure of individuals' personal information connected to the DOJ firearms dashboard. A spokesperson for the office told the reload, an unauthorized release of personal information is unacceptable. We are working swiftly to address this situation and will provide additional information as soon as possible. Just want to point out there are 244 judges with permits in this database, according to Gutowski. Huh. And we are... In an era where there was 25 days ago, mm -hmm. a three three weeks ago, a threat on a Supreme Court justice's life, and right before that, was there not a judge actually just killed, killed. in the last yeah. month or so? That's correct. And now there's 244 armed judges who have been outed with yeah. their physical addresses. Yes. That's... And that's why we don't give our information to the government if we do not have to. <laughs> well, I believe the, the quote that stood out for me. From, and I believe this was from the reload and the beacon had did an, a, a write up of it as well was quote litigation is likely one would think <laughs> yeah yeah one would think. not not, so good. not good this is uh, for those for those who don't understand why the their their friendly local gun fetishists don't want to be registered with the United States government or their state governments this is one of the reasons yeah. they're not good at doing things. And sometimes stuff like this happens. Right. And, and it's this constant fear of, you know, being kept on record somewhere and that the record falls into the hands of the wrong people. Right. And then eventually the government, because that's always the big fear, right? Is that, that they know the government is always right. the wrong people, just to be country people, always. Right. Uh, <laughs> well. So now this is, and especially if you are in a situation or a, a place where you do have to prove your need for a firearm, those yeah. who have concealed carries are the most likely to be in danger right so now you have revealed them oops our bad nice job california <sighs> he should still run for president Gavin oh Newsom. gosh he's he's a he's a a picture of leadership yeah yeah oh yeah we did mean mention this briefly and i just want to clown on it a little bit that they're sending out inflation relief checks in california oh that's yes. the plan like do economists just set their hair on fire when they hear that yeah, because again, and I've mentioned this on the show before, I have about a C average in econ. I took about four courses, right? Macro, micro, finance, two more trade. Took, so good. Okay. okay. And about a C, about a C. But I will tell you the giving checks to people, probably not the best way to fix things. Yeah. 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 I, I took about two courses, but I've also watched Free to Choose. So oh well, that's and that, that 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 Honestly, if, if every kid in America watched, that's my kind of yes. indoctrination. Every child in America should watch Free to Choose. I will. I will the, say this: the scintillating yes. Milton Friedman We're, public yes. television Wonderful. partnered miniseries. I will say this: I was on my way to finally getting an A in international trade, and this is a true story. The TA 
told us exactly what was going to be on the exam and just study that. So we did. Nice. And the exam came out and it was not that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, what do you do? I don't think, but I don't think there's really any recourse because you can't say, well, he told us, you know, yeah, whatever. You, sh- you should have been there for the love of knowledge, Vic. I was, just, I was, you're out here looking, it was, it was so out, wrong. It was so to wrong. learn the minimal amount. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly. Did you want to talk about freedom making men yes. sad? Why yes, men? I, Just men? I don't know. Look, we're okay. going to find out. This okay. is in the New York Post. What happened? American cultural norms could be making us fat. Ah, another reason to hate us. A new study looked at the effects of societal stra- traits on obesity rates, and it found that countries that value individualism have higher mm-hmm. body mass indexes in males. This is in the Journal of Social Science and Medicine. I cannot attest to how good this study might be. While American prosperity is an important actor or an important factor with wealthier nations having greater access to food and lower levels of physical activity, it doesn't explain why some less developed countries with high levels of obesity, Egypt, Jordan, Mexico, and more developed ones don't. Japan, South Korea, South Korea, Singapore. Study found that those latter countries were more flexible. In other words, they prioritize thrift, discipline, self-control, and delaying gratification all behaviors that can help with weight control. I guess we don't do that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm allowed to say this as an Asian. I can see that in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, know. you have had it, Vic. What? I said, yeah. you have had it, Vic. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they're, 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 they seem like very reserved people. Like, you know, I mean, you have to go. I mean, they're not like, well, we may, we, it, it's an atrocity what we do at the all you can eat buffet. And I'm speaking from experience. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't stop myself. And, and I have a feeling that they don't, they don't do that over there. You yeah, know, I think not. they're reserved. They're really, like, you know, just enough. Do they just have enough. the conveyor belts of sushi oh, in actual Japan? Or is that just here to to give us to just like stuff in as much yes, as possible? Yes, ex- ex- I, I don't know. I mean, it might be just an interesting novelty to look at. They like to look at it, but they don't do what we do, which is yeah. like, yes, to everything. Yeah. Well, I can see that. I mean, you know, sort of this, it's for us, I feel like the freedom is so unbridled. It's such a passion of ours. Freedom. It really is. And, and that like, leads to freedom of I advocates. can't hate on that. This is men men in, in countries that valued individualism are more headstrong about personal independence and choices. That's Northwestern Europe, some of Latin America, United States. Men in these countries tend to be heftier, although it was surprisingly not a factor when it came to women. So there you go. Don't get fat with your freedom. Yes. Or yeah. do. I, I'm not, I'm, do I don't have. know. I don't know. A friend sent me a, a text that, you know, Arby's has new hamburger. That's like part Wagyu and it's only $5.99. And I thought, you know, I might exercise that individualism. Yeah, no, I'm going to exercise individualism. There is a right now a collab with Cheez-Its and Taco Bell. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) So like the shell is made out of Cheez-Its? No. So it's teamed up for a new item. They're testing in California. Come on, bring it, bring it to the rest of us. The big cheese it test tostada. It's basically oh. a giant cheese it on which <laughs> there's lettuce, shredded cheddar cheese, yeah, fresh diced, all the yeah. all the fixins. The on entire top thing is that a giant cheese it. Oh, for- I'm here for it. Is that giant cheese it crispy though? Like, is it crunchy? It has to be. Yeah. No, it'll be like the shell that you would put the, 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 a tostada. It's like a tostada, so, except for it's made out of a cheese it. I mean, it looks great. Yeah. And yeah. one, the Cheez-Its once did a collaboration with Pizza Hut, and that one was pretty fantastic, too. I'll take your word for it. It looked like a Cheez-It pizza. It was it was awesome. They were like like maybe four by four little yeah. mini mini pizzas, but large Cheez-Its. It was- add, add that to 
one of the many reasons that makes America great, especially as we celebrate our independence. Okay, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack. You can check me there and complaining about people not weighing evidence and all that good stuff. I'm at MK Hammer Time on Instagram and Congress should write laws because that's their job. This is, a, I like that it's a, just a civics lesson from SCOTUS. That's it. For Congress. Get on it, guys. They're this, under the lesson. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>